listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This review is brought to you by the streaming service Film Movement Plus, which opens up a world of award-winning entertainment, including some of the best films from around the globe. Among the hundreds of titles waiting for you to discover are some of the best films from 2020, including The Wild Goose Lake, Zombie Child, and more. Available on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire, as well as streaming online and on mobile, Film Movement Plus is priced at $5.99 a month. But, as a listener of Digital Noise, Film Movement Plus will give you a 30-day free trial, plus the next three months at 50% off when you use the promo code NOISE. Sign up today at filmmovementplus.com. I know I'm one of those people who sometimes just really fixates on kind of obscure shit in the world of entertainment. And one of those obscure things back in my, you know, going to the video store twice a week and renting a whole stack of stuff just because I haven't seen it yet. So what is this? I got obsessed with this little writer director named Alex de la Iglesia. Now, obviously, he's not really wildly well known in America. He's done a few things here for sure. But he's better known for some of his absolutely insane films that he made, like Action Mutants which I highly recommend, and Day of the Beast, which I'm still begging people to go seek out and make back in 1995. Recently, in 2010, he did The Last Circus. In 2013, Witching and Bitching. The guy regularly works, and now when I found out that HBO was producing a television series that was created and directed by him, 30 Coins, I lit up. I was like, what? Alex De La Iglesias do an HBO show? What's it about? Well, you remember that show that they did of The Exorcist? Yeah. Well, it's like that, except like, you know, filled with esoteric Catholic mysticism and actual giant monster demons. I'm like, (laughs) are you there, Chris? Chris? Sorry, I'm already watching it. (laughs) I was like, before we even got a review set up to do this, I was already halfway through the season going like, yes, give me more 30 coins, (laughs) because this is my kind of shit. Uh, I don't know about my co-reviewers here, Neil. Say hi, Neil. Hi. And Alexander. Say hi, Alexander. Hi, Alexander. I almost took the bait. I almost took that bait. (laughs) (laughs) So had you guys ever encountered this guy or any of his works before? I've seen Witchin' and Bitchin'. Caught it at, I think it was Fantastic Fest. It was Fantastic Fest, And really enjoyed it. 30 Coin, I didn't know he was connected to it when it hit my radar. I think I had just seen a clip, and then I was flipping channels and caught two minutes of it. It happened to be the flashback when Father Vergara first goes to the Vatican, and I was hooked. Alex, what about you? Had you heard of this guy before, or was this the first time for you? I've had a lot of friends recommend Witching and Bitching to me, but I've never actually watched it, and now that i've watched the show i will definitely watch it the day of the beast i still think is his best movie if you especially if you like this it's like if this was a comedy 
is what Day of the Beast is. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first scenes is like this priest who knows that the end of the world is coming and he's praying in front of this big cross, like, protect us. And the big cross goes, shloom, and falls over and smashes him. Oh, <laughs> I was Jesus. like, oh my God, what is this? I love this so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I have a sick mind. And so that makes me perfect for 30 coins. And the story here follows the aforementioned Father Vergara, played by Edward Fernandez, who's a multiple award winner of the Goya's like well-known Spanish stage and screen actor but he's just come into the small Spanish town literally like this really tiny little town and it's clear he didn't have a great past he's got tattoos he's a rough looking motherfucker the guy regularly like in his spare times just beats the shit out of a punching bag he's a big dude he looks like sandpaper he, he does <laughs> he, he definitely looks like sandpaper but when weird shit starts happening in the town like paranormal stuff he finds himself getting the help of the mayor of the town, Paco, played by Miguel Angel Silvestri. If you saw Sense8 on Netflix, he was on there, and he was also on Narcos. He is married to a woman who is not happy about all of this going on <laughs> at all. Like, no, why are you doing this? Forget that. You're mayor. And she just is kind of a, like, it's about the money, baby. But he's been hanging out during this with the town's veterinarian, Elena, played by the almost impossibly hot Megan Montaner who was in a bunch of TV shows, but she's not quite as well-known internationally yet, although I wouldn't be surprised to see this be kind of a launch pad for her. So it turns out that the shit that's going on here is because Father Vergara has this coin, and, you know, like the title, 30 coins, it's it's one of a set of 30, and those 30 are the 30 pieces of silver Judas Iscariot was paid for betraying Jesus, handing him over to the Romans, and apparently there's a big conspiracy underneath the Vatican of priests who are like, we're Judasians? I guess. And the idea being, if you have all 30 coins, it's like being handed absolute power. They call them Cainites. If I'm not mistaken, it's like the people who believe in Cain and Abel. Cain was actually the wronged brother, not Abel. The Sandman referenced them with Lucifer saying, and weirdly, no greater number of them went to heaven or hell than in any other religion. <laughs> So each of these coins as well, obviously, there's is attached with paranormal power and shit goes down. And there's also a bunch of shit that they're sending mystical creatures and stuff after them to try and get this last coin so the group can get it. And it's them protecting the coin and protecting the town and dealing with really insanely cool giant demon monsters that are really very more Lovecraftian than not. It's not very long. It's what eight hour long episodes. Yeah. And it moves really fast, and the characters are all fun. At its worst, it's a little soapy, but I don't know. What did you guys think? I was raised super Catholic, and watching this was such a fucking joy. It ripped the piss out of everything. Canaanites are an actual sect of Catholicism, but they're seen like Death Eaters. Like, this is one of the most accurately Catholic exorcist shows I've ever watched. Did you not keep pausing it to look up shit? And I kept going, holy shit, that's real! Like, be crazy shit they reference. I'm like, that can't be real. Then you're like, oh my god, it's real. For me, it was like, I was like a fanboy being like, oh, like if I were watching WandaVision, they just kept referencing things from deep in the comics. This was like deep in the catechism. I was like, holy shit. You stand for Catholicism, esoteric mythology. Oh, yeah. It's the more interesting part of it. Well, yeah, like in any religion. And like all those unholy relics. But I love that those are actually things. Like the tip of the spear that killed Jesus is like a thing, that there's a <laughs> holy relic, even though apparently there's like four of them. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds kind of suspicious to me. <laughs> 
Yeah. I didn't think there was four. There was just the one. No, in the show there is. I mean, in real life, there's oh, several that they oh. claimed are the actual spear. Gotcha. I was like, wait, yeah. did I skip an episode where the other three spears were <laughs> no, wielded? No. Okay. In the show's version, there's just the spear. I mean, honestly, the last couple of years, I've not been as inclined for horror and darker stuff. No particular reason. Just like, eh. But I've already recommended it to a ton of people. And I started it with, it's the most violent opening credits I've ever seen. And that would be that. that <laughs> was the sell point for everybody and it's a recreation of judas's act in the same vein of passion of the christ they do not hold back they know they're on hbo no. they know they can do what they need to yeah from now on if there's trouble i'm gonna find the mayor and a vet because that's your go-to scoop squad you need the mayor who right. can get shit done because he's got connection to the police and then the vet isn't as bound by some of the medical or legal parameters they may run into, but they know what they have to do. I mean, the first episode, she's drug in because of a strange cow pregnancy, and it goes all sideways from there. And every episode, I would just say, like, at some point, my wife had kind of checked out, but I would just check in with her going, yeah, it, it got even more fucked up. You thought this is where it was? They're like, nope, new bar, new bar, new bar. Yeah. We're moving it the whole time. But it never seemed to be too ridiculous. For Paco and Elena, they're us, you know, knowing the Canites and the sect within the church. It's not anything new out there. The questioning of, well, why does God permit evil to happen? Well, it must be part of the grand plan, which is part of the Canaanites' belief. And so, okay, we're going to fill in that half of God's plan and just do evil shit all the time. And the coins, even though they don't really do anything the coins a character you know i think at one point a character says it wants to make its way back to you and it will and they don't make the coins like wink or look at you or do anything sure. magical on their own but the coins are a character of themselves in this without doing anything really right i mean other than having creating a general atmosphere of possible paranormal yeah. disturbances and yeah <laughs> Every single performance from the guy in the church, he's not the town drunk, but he's kind of the town pity character. Oh, he's got a sad life, so he lives and works at the church as a janitor. He is probably one of the more interesting because he keeps changing. You don't know whose side he's really on. He seems to be on the side of Paco and Elena and, and the priest, but then he's talking to the Canaanites at different times too. But he's also the most entertaining, I think, of all of them. And you never know what side he's on. Yeah. Because he's obviously, he's the village idiot and he's clearly affected by these powers and sometimes he seems to be doing stuff to help them and sometimes he's doing stuff to warn the good guys you're oh, never really yeah. clear what his plan is there is not a bad performance my only criticism would be of the whole show is they're a little heavy handed with the music they kind of telegraph <laughs> fucked up shit with boom, yeah. boom, well before it happens they could have toned that down a, a tiny bit and they don't do jump scares there are scares, but they're not cheap cat jumps out of the top of the closet scares. They're earned. It's just the music warns you a little bit a few times. But the overall, the music is amazing in this overall. Things go where I don't necessarily expect them to based on what I know about certain tropes in horror. Like, yeah. There's an episode that's all about like a mirror that when they look into it, there's a book you can see in the mirror that's not there in I real life. I loved that. Which is such yeah. a creepy thing to start from. And that episode starts to go where you think something like that would go, but then goes in a totally crazy other direction. You're like, whoa, yeah. this is fucking insane. The show constantly kept me surprised and 
entertained. I was going to say my one complaint is with Merche, who was the wife of Paco, who I thought her whole storyline was just so Spanish soap opera. It was just this whole, no, I can't believe you're going to, you're trying to leave me for this other woman. He's like, no, I'm not. And the audience is going, yeah, you are, dude. <laughs> and no one yeah. could blame We you. saw <laughs> it, but Paco was in at least initially. It was the mm-hmm. secret they were keeping of the fucked up shit happening in the town and they didn't want people panicking. Especially at one point, the whole town turned on itself and then forgot what it did (laughs) but Paco knew and yes she was trying to keep it all together because not just as he mayor but they own the hotel and the meat processing plant like they are the town it's our dream Paco to own a hotel and an abattoir and retire (laughs) and he's not wanting to play anymore play politician and keep all the plates spinning when he's really initially trying to keep the secret of, yeah, there, a cow gave birth to a baby and the baby turned into a thing and there's the secret part of the church trying to take out the rest of the church. It happens that him and Elena have to keep working together. But yeah, she's kind of seeing daggers in the dark. And it's playing for a reason, clearly with an intended but still not greenlit second season. It's obvious she's going to have a much bigger role to play in the second season. And to get her where you need to, you have to have her where she had become completely unhinged by her fear of being left by her husband. I get it. But at the same time, it was like, I kind of wish they had just gotten there earlier because there was an awful lot of, like I said, these scenes that are just right out of a soap opera when she's confronting him. Like, okay, can we move past this? So in your head, you heard the soap opera organ music when a reveal is happening. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I thought the art direction for this show was fantastic. They ripped things right out of pages of illuminated manuscripts and off of stained glass windows and everything else that's ultra church and then made it incredibly dark. And at times it got as gory as like Ash versus Evil Dead amounts of zany. Oh, it's most certainly did. And like I said, a show like this, the one thing I didn't expect, huge, mainly practical effects, giant multi-armed monster chase through the halls of the Vatican. But that's what this has got for you. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all. It's so over the top and they put so much work into it. And I'm like, this looks great. Now there's a monster in the like last episode that i was like that was it <laughs> it kind of comes out it's like and i've got a tail for a head i'm not sure why that's a thing but Rah! and they're like go away we're trying to have the adults are fighting here go away giant kaiju demon monster and it does and you're like i'm not sure what just happened there but okay. i wasn't sure it really happened but then you see through the rest of the episode there's still a hole in the middle of town so it's like well something happened something yeah something happened well, I think we all really enjoyed this, and I know I'm going to recommend it to people, and I know I'm going to beg HBO to make a second season, because I want to see more of it. But let's go to final thoughts. Alexander, get us started. I was a little trepidatious going into it. Like, I was excited to see an exorcism show that seemed pretty hardcore Catholic. But then, watching it dip between those zany monster creatures that cause gory mayhem to moments where people experience existential dread and then it goes to soapy bits which every once in a while brought me back out of it the one thing that kept me from getting like super into it was the lack of spanish subtitles i speak some spanish so reading it in english while kind of understanding what i'm hearing in spanish and it not always lining up made for a dizzying experience so (laughs) hbo season two give it some spanish subtitles I'm going to have to give this 27 out of 30 Catholic Cthulhu monsters. That's a lot of Catholic Cthulhu monsters. Neil? (laughs) Hadn't been looking for horror, but this is very much well worth it. I've already said I've recommended it to lots of people. Everything is well done in this. My only criticism is they overdid the music a little bit, just 
they could have scared us a few more times without us knowing that and it, but they don't go for cheap scares cheap jump scares either the characters that are kind of front they give us just enough we have a, a few flashbacks to fill in some gaps and they set up a great reset for a possible season two and i'm with you chris yes please i mean i googled it before we all logged in and as of six days ago anything that's out there is still no word if there's a season two but apparently it did quite well in, in the in the ratings because i think it aired and HBO Europe and finished in mid-January and then they were yeah. starting to air it over here in the U.S. and in both regions it had done very well. I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna give it 29 out of, out of 30 coins just straight up use its title you know it's almost there <laughs> near perfect. It's smart it is really knowledgeable about the source material it's taking from this isn't one of those like well I get the basics we'll just make the rest up it's like wow they did their research like in a big way tying into actual stuff so if you are a fan of Catholic esoterica you're gonna be like whoa this is hitting all my favorite parts of it (laughs) maybe I don't know there's a lot of places you could go still overall the performances are quite good I really love Edward Fernandez who plays Father Vergara I think he's just this great gritty gruff as you said sandpaper (laughs) of a guy and you're like oh you're exactly what you're supposed to be for this part like haunted by guilt and then megan montana relatively newcomer as elena is just absolutely mesmerizing she's got these incredible eyes she's just beautiful looking she's intense she can be funny she's really great she's kind of a find and then paco miguel angel silvestri who like i said is already relatively well known it's like almost absurdly good looking guy (laughs) Who is, who is really good at comedy. And it's funny. Like, of these actors, you're the one who seems you're not exactly 100% sure how you're supposed to be playing this. He's definitely not as macho as the veterinarian. The veterinarian's like, Jesus Christ, get out of the way. I'll do it. <laughs> and he's kind of like, well, I don't know. I All of them earn it. Like, Vergara earns being this tough, grizzled war veteran without him telling us. Like, a, mm-hmm. a lot of other movies... It's done through them telling their story or something. He is reluctant as hell. And it's technically not even him who tells them the backstory of himself. All of it is earned from Elena, her toughness, and Paco. He's the one having to straddle the two worlds of his wife in the town and this screwed up shit they've been thrown in headfirst in the deep end of the pool. It makes him a more interesting character because he's not who you expect they're going to make him into. Even when yeah. we get towards the end and they're like, here, take these guns. He's like, oh, but I don't want to take these guns. He's got that kind of look about him. Like, this is not really my thing, but he's still there for it. And they're all really good is what I'm saying. And this is really enjoyable. I love the monster creation and just the idea of this is a guy who knows horror well enough to set you up where you think you know what's going to happen based on your experience in horror and then find something else to do with it that keeps you surprised also would say even if you're not a fan necessarily catholic mysticism if, if you like lovecraft type stuff there's a lot of this that still has that same feel as like the, some of the lovecraftian mythos so uh i say give it a try i'm in fact i'm willing to bet 28 out of 30 really disgusting cow babies on it <laughs> neil's like oh oh still seeing that in my head yeah Cow afterbirth (laughs) from disgusting baby.